Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of It's Personal. Uh, the last book I wrote was heavy. All right. Hey, Gary. This is Evie. Uh, my name is Randy Rebine. Uh, but my name is Jared Krizoska. I don't think I'm a person that curses a lot. Heart just goes out to everybody. I'm excited. Hi. I'm excited. I'm really, really excited. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going to get you going. Here. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because, right. like, clearly we could, like, talk for, like, next hour all right all right all right Um, welcome back everyone to another episode of it's personal i am super excited because just actually before we started um the podcast it felt as though i was just catching up with an old friend so this conversation in itself is going to be hopefully um just like catching up with someone that i truly adore online and hadn't really had the opportunity um, to meet in person yet um, and this is our first I guess I don't want to say formal but kind of formal conversation yeah, kind, to have. Of formal, kind of formal yeah. but yeah likewise I'm, I'm like you know following you on Instagram and Twitter <laughs> and like you know I saw your face and it's just like hey you know I like know. we've been out for the past year <laughs> it's awesome it's awesome can you um, briefly introduce yourself Sure, sure. So I am Christine Platt. I mean, I have just started to call myself a Renaissance woman only because I'm doing like, I feel so many different things, but all are things that I love to do. So um, I currently serve as managing director of the Anti-Racist Research and Policy Center at American University. Um, I write children's literature. Um, and I am also a minimalist, so it's just like this wild, crazy journey, but I love it. I love it. I love it. And speak about being a minimalist for a moment. You have something coming out relatively soon. Um, can we talk briefly about that? Sure, sure. So um, I have a book coming out called The Afro-Minimalist Guide to Living with Less. And it's so wild because it just started as me sort of sharing my journey online um, as becoming uh, one of the few minimalists of color at the time. Um, And I just didn't see anyone that sort of looked like me and I didn't see any sort of aesthetics that I felt you know, mirrored what was important to me, which is capturing and honoring the the beauty and history of the African diaspora. And so, you know, my home is minimalist, but it's also very colorful and there's a lot of patterns and textures. And, um, you know, I became a part of this minimalist community online and we just became a family. My platform just like grew and grew and grew um, because it was, uh, I guess, an approach to minimalism where people could like see themselves, right? Like they could, they would say like, oh, I thought everything had to be all black, white, and gray. And I'm like, no, that's the aesthetic of minimalism. It has nothing to do with the practice. Um, and so, yeah, this book is a guide to sort of Uh, help anyone who's interested in becoming a minimalist, just sort of my step-by-step approach and um, also a little bit of my personal story, um, what led me to this moment, because I had a lot of stuff, Gary. had a lot of stuff. (laughs) what, What can't, what like, and this is a serious question, like what can't you do? Seriously. Like, honestly, you just like, I, I watch online and I notice things and I'm, I'm honestly trying to think like, what are, what are some things that you 
can't do like <laughs> apparently i can't finish writing this book <laughs> i'm in the uh i'm in uh the final sort of stages of editing and uh oh my god bless my editor she's just a saint and um you know the 18th is my deadline and it's just staring me in the face and uh yeah so right now that's how i feel <laughs> i also can't catch my uh, I don't know if you remember that saga online. I mean, 2020 was just a year. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think what I have done is just sort of like, you know, pursued life with intention and, mm. um, you know, just been very purposeful about what it is that I, that I want to do and what I love to do. And um, yeah, and so I think that's why it appears like I can do a lot because I'm doing everything I want to do. <laughs> I love that. And where does, I guess my next question is like, where does that come from? Um, is it yeah. something that you um, experienced growing up through you know, family or through friends? Um, yeah. you, you know what it is? I mean, I feel like I've always been very determined and, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. But um, one of my close friends, her mom was diagnosed with, um, with colon cancer several years ago and uh, she became you know like a sister to me as I helped her through this journey and I think just watching that transition um, from life to death and just like seeing how it pieced her mother was with her transition because she had an opportunity to really do everything that she wanted to do it just made me I don't know just like more driven and purposeful and intentional right mm -hmm. um and it's just it just was a life-altering uh moment for me and I, you know so i would say like within the past five to six years i just became like super intentional <laughs> and it's been it's been wonderful and i you know i also think minimalism uh has a lot to do with that as well you know i tell people all the time like they're like i just can't wait to you know declutter my closet and i'm like you're gonna end up decluttering your entire life like there's no way that you can just be intentional with your wardrobe and that's where it stops right like mm -hmm. you end up seeing you know how wonderful life can be when you are intentional and so mm -hmm. i feel like just collectively all of those moments just sort of merged for me um and I know it sounds super cliche, but there's something about turning 40 uh, as well. It <laughs> just makes you like, oh, I'm about to live my life, you know? Um, and I remember talking to one of my, my friends who's older and just saying like, what is this? Like I would tease people all the time, you know, they would hashtag 40, you know, all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, oh, like I really feel a shift. And Gary, I will never forget what she told me. She said, it's almost like intuitively your body, your heart, your mind, all of you knows that if you're lucky, you've already lived half your life. And so what are you going to do with the time that you have left? And I just remember it just like hit me, you know? And so I feel like I've just had these moments over the past, you know, five to six years that just have transformed me. And I'm, I'm grateful. It hasn't always been easy, but, um, I'm grateful, you know, so I love sharing my story and those those little life nuggets that I like to call them um, because that. it allows us to think, you know, so many, we're just on autopilot so much of our lives and mm -hmm. like when you turn that autopilot off, 
amazing things can happen. I agree. I agree. I guess that like maybe, and I'm assuming it's going to be an answer within your book, but can you give us a small snippet of like, what's the beginning of that journey for you? And not necessarily just being like a minimalist, but just like finding that place of just happiness. And I know it's different for everybody, um, but maybe on your personal experience, like what was that um, beginning for you? It just kind of comes in waves. I mean, like even... I mean, I I can't say that I wasn't happy in my 20s or I wasn't happy in my 30s, but I wasn't Mm -hmm. as happy as I am now. You know what I mean? And so, um, I mean, again, I just feel like that that pivotal moment for me was my friend's mother, you know, passing away. Um, You know, minimalism was like shortly thereafter, you know, I ended up um, going through a divorce. Like it was just all of these like, pivotal moments that just like almost forced me to become mm-hmm. the best version of myself. And, and I feel like once you sort of embrace that moment, like, okay, this is my life, you know, like a lot of my twenties were spent living for others, you know, whether that mm-hmm. be, I don't know, like the work that I'm doing or the conversations that I'm having or whatever. Right. And, um, you know, thirties were just this period of uncertainty of highs and lows of getting married Mm -hmm. and realizing like oh I didn't marry the right person you know and Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. and it's so funny because he and I are such great friends now but we like knew each other for six months like we didn't even know each other (laughs) (laughs) you know and um you know so just like all of these uh all of these moments that were you know, just really defining pivotal moments and, and moments where I had to like really lean into resiliency. Uh, I think that's the other thing is like we have moments just like I would call them good seasons, right? Where you're just like, mm-hmm. la, 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 right? And you forget <laughs> like, oh, when you have to tap back into that, you're like, yeah, forgot <laughs> what it was to dig myself out of something, right? Like, I feel like all of those moments, like, even though they seem so permanent at the time, they're temporary. And they're just like, Mm -hmm. I I mean, I feel like just opportunities for growth for all of us. And I have this saying that I'm also sharing the book, which is, you know, a lot of people like to say, like, I'm a grown woman, and I can better, you know, (laughs) I'm like, I like to call myself a growing woman, right? And may Mm, I always be growing, you know, may like I never be fully grown. I want to just always be growing and growing and growing. And so, you know, this is just another season of growth for me right now. I love that. I'm so excited (laughs) for you because like, I think just the book in itself and being able to like really express what that experience was like, was like, and is like for you. Um, it's going to really open up a lot of doors for people who are interested um, and yeah. seeing it done differently as well. Because I see it online just through like how you're posting. And uh-huh. personally, for me, it looks so much better than what I thought it was um, based on just like how yeah. you do it. So, And that's what um, I tell people, like you have to do it your own way. And I mean, I tried to mirror, you know, the mainstream minimalist aesthetic and I had like everything was all white and I was just like I feel like I'm in an asylum like this doesn't work for me right and so it's like I want people to really embrace the practice of minimalism which is really just being intentional and a mindful consumer right but Mm -hmm. I, I think 
the aesthetics of minimalism is what has, you know, obviously become the biggest part of mainstream uh, sort of sort of minimalism. And people people think that they can't do it, right? Or they mm-hmm. or they look and they're like, oh my god, that bit is ten thousand dollars. Like I can't be a minimalist. And I'm like, my bit is not ten thousand dollars, <laughs> <laughs> right? Or I'll get these messages and they're like, oh my god, where did you get that lamp? And I'm like, Target. You know, it's like, you know, so I, mm-hmm. I, I'm really looking forward to, um, to sharing my experiences in that book. I also have like call outs that I have uh, labeled for the culture um, wow. because I also feel like there's just some, some, you know, stuff that marginalized communities sort of struggle with that are not part of the mainstream conversation around, you know, living with less. And so really want to you know, get people to think about their childhood and, you know, if they grew mm-hmm. up with, with scarcity and how that may be impacting mm-hmm. some of the decisions that they make and spending habits. So yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. So and cool. I, I know my, I'm so sure cool. my editor is like, write it already. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's coming together. It's coming together Good. and um, I'm, I'm proud of it and I'm excited. Good. Good. Christine, can you tell us a little bit about just like, you talked a little bit there about like your childhood um just growing up as um a young girl like what is what did that look like for you oh my gosh it's so crazy so I I grew up in West Palm Beach Florida um and I just want to be very clear that West Palm Beach is very different from Palm Beach (laughs) Florida so it was not in a mansion um but I do remember like driving over the bridge and like driving past Donald Trump's house like during that time you know we were all just like oh my god Donald Trump is a millionaire you know like that kind of thing um and I just you know I had a very idyllic childhood and I you know, I think I am one of those people who just find them. I'm in that weird space where like, I remember a time where there were no cell phones. I remember when my classmate was the first person in our neighborhood to get a microwave. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? It's like 40 years ago, right? Um, and, you know, so I've just, you know, there are things that have happened that I, I never imagined. And I, I remember when uh, the first Disney princess, the first black Disney princess, Tiana, right? And like, my daughter was excited because it was a new Disney princess, but like all oh, these black mothers, we were in the Disney store. We were like snatching up. We were just like, oh my mm-hmm. God, this is so exciting. And the kids are kind of looking at us like, I mean, what okay. is going on? But we never imagined. Mm-hmm. that there would be a black Disney princess. We never imagined that there would be a black president. We never imagined that there would be a museum, you know, dedicated to the history and culture of, you know, African-Americans. And so like, I just, you know, I think I'm also more hopeful, I think about about change and the progress of this country because I've been able to see what has happened just in my short lifetime, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I think those of us that, that did have an opportunity to grow up without technology, like our imaginations are, <laughs> I would say much more uh, robust and developed, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> we didn't have an opportunity to just get online when we were bored, right? Like we mm-hmm. were outside and we invented games and we did all of these things and so like I you know I reflect on my childhood with just 
really fond memories. I had a number of wonderful educators in my life who just really encouraged and inspired me. And um, yeah, I just feel really blessed in that respect, right? And I, and I feel like, you know, I grew up in a time where, you know, black educators were still very much rooted in our community. And I know that it just made a difference in, and what I believed I could do and in pursuing what I wanted to do, right? And, um, mm -hmm. you know, I just want to show this story because you're an educator. And yeah, um, I love it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I remember uh, I was in elementary school and we were learning about multiplication. And I just was so annoyed that we had to learn <laughs> another thing. I was so annoyed. I remember uh, telling my teacher, I was like, I just don't understand why we have to learn multiplication. And he said, <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. He said, I'm going to do 12 times 12. And he said, if you could come up here and you can add all, you know, 12 12s faster than I can multiply, the class doesn't have to learn about multiplication. Oh my God, Gary. My classmates were cheering me up. They were like, oh, Christine, you know, like, you're the smartest in our class. You can do it. You know, so you can imagine me up on the board, right? And this is like chalkboard, right? We didn't have whiteboards and all that stuff yet. And I mean, I wasn't even done writing out all the 12s. <laughs> he was done, right? But it's like pivotal moments like that, you know, that taught me to just like, value and respect what educators were teaching us. But, you know, having a teacher that was like, all right, let's see, you know, instead of being like, we're learning multiplication, like I said, so go to the principal's office, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just, mm -hmm. I just had like really wonderful educators. I went to um, Palmview Elementary, which is now known as UB Kinsey uh, Elementary School. And he was just the most phenomenal black man. That I'd wow. ever met in my life and it was just ah I had a wonderful childhood I did wow. I did wow and it's crazy how much when you see people that look like you um doing the work that you're interested in yeah it's just it's crazy how much of an influence they can be on you um and not even necessarily you getting into that same field but like just like yeah. in life in general right it's um, so powerful and i didn't understand it at the time i didn't mm -hmm. you know i didn't understand it at the time but it's like you know meeting you know folks in college and they would say like oh my god there's no way we're gonna get an A on this paper. Like all these white students are smarter than us. And I'd be like, mm -hmm. what are you talking about? You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> just with like, that was like their educational upbringing was, you know, something was reinforced that they were less than. Yeah. I didn't smart. have that. Yeah, yeah, you know? And so, I mean, that's one of the reasons, you know, I love writing for our babies, right? Mm -hmm. Because I want them to see themselves represented yeah. on the page. I want them to see their lived experiences. And I, you know, it's so, so powerful um, to see young people react, you know, to like their lived experiences on the page for the first time. Um, mm -hmm. In one of the Anna and Andrew books, uh, I have the children take the Metro. And uh, I remember, uh, so we have a couple wards here in DC that are actually known as book deserts, right? And so my like, I'm always trying to go to the book deserts to talk to the babies, right? And so 
and I was at a book desert school and uh, reading this story. And I mean, the minute I said, Andrew was looking at the Metro map trying to, and I mean, the they went, Gary, they went wild. Like they went wild. And the teacher was like, everyone. And I said, no, let, this is like the first time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. they're seeing their lived experience and they're like I ride the green line me and my mama we went over you know and I was uh -huh. like tell me babies tell me right but it, it's like, it was so powerful and then like just being so excited to like get a copy of the book and they couldn't wait to read it and they couldn't wait to go home right and so I tell parents all the time when they're like oh my child hates to read and I'm like mm, probably not they probably hate to read the books <laughs> that are being presented to Agreed. them 100%. you know Mm -hmm. yeah 100%. it's so powerful when you're able like I honestly like I I hadn't really started reading reading until like after university for all of those reasons like yeah. and I was in I was going to be I wanted to be an educator like that's and I, I wasn't reading books like I wasn't reading YA yeah. I had zero interest in in picture books like Wait, all of a sudden you wouldn't see yourself, you wouldn't see yourself. I, I remember corduroy was the only book where I saw myself and when I tell you I tore that book apart I mean yeah. like it was the pages were like crumbling because there was mm -hmm. a little black girl who loved to go shopping with her mother who mm -hmm. loved stuffed animals right mm -hmm. and it's like it was just there's something so powerful about that I want to show you something too um, show me <laughs> Christmas cards made for my little readers. Can oh you see that? Look, they're so I cute. know, they're so cute. I love them so much. And they I remember like even, adorable. you know, even being a little afraid when, um, because sometimes, uh, especially uh, when you're a new writer, like you don't get to pick your illustrator and you don't get to have mm -hmm. any creative input, right? And mm -hmm. I remember just like waiting to see these images and I was like, dear God, Please don't let these children be racially ambiguous because I'm going to lose my mind, right? I was like, I need them to be black, black. <laughs> and I remember like getting that first just sort of preview and seeing these little chocolate babies. And I was just like, I mean, I just sobbed because I knew the impact that it was going to have on children. Yeah. It is. And it's such a cool time now. You're seeing more and more books that can be accessible for all of us. Um, yeah. And I yeah. think for me, I can't, I'm trying to think what book it was. I think it was Jason's like Boy in the Black Suit that I mm -hmm. read. And it was like this, it was this weird feeling because it was like the first like YA that I was like read, that I had ever read. And then I'm reading this book about like a funeral and how mm. like, black funerals are like fun and like people are like yeah. dancing and I was like who is this guy who like <laughs> lives like in America like I'm I'm from Canada I live in Nova Scotia uh -huh. like uh -huh. no one when I speak about Canada I speak about Nova Scotia like no one knows but we have like the largest black community there but wow. I'm reading this book and it's like all of these experiences that this boy's going through are literally all of my experiences growing yeah. up and I'm just sitting there and I'm like wow like this I flew through the book within yeah. like, I think it was like two days and I was like and, and I look back and I was like imagine if I had that experience can you imagine like a little bit a little bit sooner 
a little I bit know. sooner. Can you imagine? I mean, Jason is brilliant. You know, he is a dear friend and also a mentor um, to me. And I just respect how he approached this work before it was popular, before it was mainstream, right? And he's like, no, like, I write for our children, right? And I just remember him saying, it was, it just was so powerful to me, right? Because I do feel like oftentimes writers, we feel like we have to write to the market, mm -hmm. right? And we feel like we have to write to what is going to sell, right? And, and to just have that power to say like, no, I'm writing for our children, right? Like, and, and you know, we talk about uh, Dr. Rudy and Sims, Windows and Mirrors all the time, right? But like, the mirrors, right? So like, I write mirror books. I'm grateful that they're window books for other children, but I understand that my community needs, needs those books. mirrors. You know what I mean? And like, there's I something do. about, yeah, mirrors that are, early readers, right? So like, mm -hmm. if you start with Anne and Andrew, you already know to go looking for Boy in the Black Suit. You already know to go looking mm -hmm. for Long Way Down. You know, mm -hmm. you already know to go mm -hmm. find Lizzie Savito, clap when you mm -hmm. land, right? Because mm -hmm. you have, you already know that this this world exists for you. And it doesn't mean that you don't read window books, mm -hmm. but it, it means that when you want to see yourself, that you know that those books mm -hmm. exist. Yeah, and it's just, it's yeah. just, it's powerful. It really, really is. You feel like you're being taken care of, like, without even, without even the author even, like, knowing who you are, you feel like they yeah. care for you just based on the, like, the language in itself, it sounds like me. It doesn't yeah. sound like anyone else. It sounds like a little black boy, like, going yeah. through things, like the the dialect, the nuances, like the experiences. Um, and yeah, I, I love that he had, Jason had started doing this. Like when he first started writing, like that's what he, yeah. he wanted to do. And that's what he did. And that's what he's continuing to do like, right now. So, so powerful. Um, I mean, again, I don't even know how his brain works the way it does. I don't know how he manages to mentor and deal with all of us. <laughs> Like, you know, but he is, I mean, he's just been very influential in my career. Um, Jackie Woodson. I mean, like, there's just so many Black writers who have given me, you know, the power to use mm -hmm. my voice and, and encourage mm -hmm. me with my voice, right? And I feel, um, I just feel very grateful mm -hmm. to have had that because they opened the door for so, so many of us, you know? And so I mm -hmm. feel like it's, my responsibility, you know, to open the door and, and help the next generation who are who are writers to come on in because there's room for all of us. There's so many stories uh, that have yet mm -hmm. to be told, you know, mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I'm just grateful that the audience, you know, is there. Um, and, and yeah, I just love like in, in terms of like, I mean, I love talking about minimalism, obviously, but like, <laughs> my babies, man. I love <laughs> talking about my babies because I, you know, I, I just, they're, they're the next generation. And then it's like mm -hmm. to, to, to raise them in a way that, you know, they can see our shared humanity is so powerful. I mean, I, 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 you know, I feel the same way when 
I hear from white parents uh, who, you know, they'll reach out and they'll say like, oh my God, thank you so much for writing this book. It gave me, you know, the tools and language to talk about slavery with my son. Like, I didn't even know how I was going to talk about this or like, you know, or I'll hear, oh my God, you know, there, oh, there's mm -hmm. one picture. It's actually on my uh, Instagram, adorable, redhead, freckled, <laughs> blue-eyed, I mean, white, white, <laughs> you know, I say black, black, white, white boy. And uh, his mom had messaged me and she said, I just want you to know, like my son kept saying, oh my God, Andrew is just like me. Like we like the same things and we do the same things and we, you know, and it's like for him to make that connection of their shared humanity at such a young age, I like, I just am like, you know, no, it's just powerful. It's just, it's just powerful. So, you know, I, I talk all the time about, you know, where is your biggest impact? You know, like, mm -hmm. how can I make the biggest impact? And for me, writing children's literature, I feel is like just one of the ways that I can make the biggest impact in bringing about change, right? Like I, mm -hmm. I, not that I don't like working with adults, I have to work with adults, right? <laughs> But, you know, I, I, it's just such a different response that you get from young people. Like with, with older folks, it's like I'm steady trying to convince them <laughs> of our shared humanity and they're trying to justify why they're struggling to understand, right? And young people yeah. are like, I get it. What Give do it we do? How can I help Give my neighbor? What can yeah. I, you know, I just, I love it. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I, th I think that's, that's it. Like we we know, especially as educators, that it's way easier to get to kids than it is to get to adults. So much easier. <laughs> and I, I like to use this analogy because I, um, you know, obviously when I work with adults, oftentimes there are people who are like, how can I talk to my grandmother? Like, I want, I don't want to stop loving her. <laughs> but she's like, I got to get through, right? And I'm like, so you have to think of a young mind is like a perfect piece of clay. You can mm. shape it and mold it and, you know, you have to think of an old mind is like clay that has been kindled and hardened over time, uh, right? And it's just like to try and break that and then rebuild it and fill in all those cracks, like it's tough right? It's just it really, really tough, right? And I'm, so I'm like, you have to remember what you're working with, right? You like your you grandma, do. you're working with an old mind. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't know if you're going to get the results that you, yeah. that you want, you know? It's um, true. It's you true. know, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you don't try and it doesn't mean that, you know, you don't show them something different but I you know I think trying to have some of those conversations can actually just be more frustrating and harmful um mm -hmm. than to just you know show them how to live and move in society you know wow Christine I could talk to you all well, it's night it's nighttime here but like I could talk to you all day <laughs> I wish we could I wish what, we could um, Right. We know your, your book's coming out. Where can people find you online? Oh, yes. You can find me on Instagram under uh, Afro Minimalist. 
Um, and that's the platform where I'm most active, um, although not this week, because my editor also follows me and I can't be posting because she's going to be like, oh, why are you posting, ma'am? Um, and then on Twitter, I'm uh, Christine A. Platt. Um, and I'm not really active on Facebook anymore, man. Like, I Same. mean, I just am like, I can't. I just yeah. can't. Right? I feel like I, I've a wonderful community on on Instagram, like of educators, of minimalists, just amazing, like parents and just just so many dope people who I've met. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, Twitter, I feel like it's just more professional and academic, right? And so I'm not as uh, colorful in my language <laughs> on there, uh, understanding that I'm also representing the center. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, like that's where you can find me, you know, my website, the whole nine, but you know, I'm, I'm approachable. I'm here. Uh, folks will tell you, like, I try and respond to every comment. I try and respond to every mm -hmm. DM, right? Because, you know, I just feel like sometimes all people are really looking for is that human connection. And so mm -hmm. if I can be a part of that, why not you know you have and 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 i'll i'm a product of a lot of those things you just mentioned because i remember reaching out just saying hello or something on a post and every single time you would comment <laughs> back every single time i sent you a dm you would comment back yeah. um, i mean you know I, I think so many of us we forget gary like i, I you know we have a, a very beautiful community and you know we have a number of shared friends who are educators and mm -hmm. and but some people have no one i know that's true that, you know and so I, I i always like look at those messages and i'm like what if this person has no mm. one else to reach out to Right. Mm -hmm. Like, what if they're just reaching out to just, you know, like, maybe she'll engage with me, you know, and yeah, it's just like, that's a good point. Yeah, man. I mean, like, those of us who have community, we don't understand how difficult it is to not mm -hmm. have community, right. And so I try mm -hmm. and, you know, really welcome welcome people in even my Instagram platform, like I call it a community, we're a community, um, mm -hmm. you know, and so yeah, that's why I, you know, that's why I was and sometimes like, I'll look up and I'm like, I've been responding to DMs for an hour, right? <laughs> right? And like, but it's, uh, it's been wonderful. It's been wonderful. And I've, I've seen change. And I've heard from people who, you know, that's have awesome. let me know, like, this is this, you know, I've been following you, I've been listening to you. And I just want you to know that, you know, it changed my view or I've shared this with my school or I've shared this with my family. And like, to me, that's the purpose of social media. I always try and say like, use those squares for good people. Like use, yes. <laughs> use those squares. It's good, true. You know? It's true. Cause they're power, they're powerful. Like, like, you know, they are. know, like the, the online platform is extremely powerful and people are engaging all the time 24 7 all, all, the, the, time. Time. all um, the time yeah and even your picture can send a message it can, you know it really really can and you do a phenomenal job of just really i think i i love that there's so much balance on your account um in regards to like education um yeah. in regards to like social justice and the work that you do but then there's yeah. like this other side of you that like you get to see like inside your i always like love I like love your house. I like, have never been there, but house. like everything inside your house, I just like want. <laughs> but 
it shows so much about you as a person as well um and those are the accounts that i like just like personally because oh, it shows you. that like you're a real person right um, yeah yeah um, and you do have other things that you're interested in which for me makes you even cooler than what you already are oh, so. thank you yeah, yeah authenticity is big for me right and there's mm -hmm. even a, a section in the afro minimalist book where i talk about that like authenticity for authenticity over aesthetics right and i feel yeah. like when you make that when you make that a switch like it's just natural right and people mm -hmm. will say like oh my god how do you have who's doing your photography and i'm like that's me on my iphone like it's just me being authentic right but it's like when you start to try and structure and create a certain aesthetic that's when it becomes like stressful and unmanageable and it's just like it can just be natural you know Agreed. And I think, yeah, people always show up when it's real, like, no matter Great. what, no matter what it is, they'll show up. And then when someone gets the smallest inkling that this is not exactly who this person is yeah. or what they're trying to represent, they're gone. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just not worth it. And it's just, no. I mean, for me, social media is fun. And I, I think it is because, you know, there's a, this element of authenticity, right? Like, mm -hmm. I had an author account one time and uh, I remember like staging, trying to just stage like my notes and my pen, like a little candle and I just couldn't get the image right. And I just remember being like, I've literally spent like an hour trying to stage this perfect, I could be writing, like, what am I doing? <laughs> right? And I like, I just, that was the day that I like, I closed that account. And I told everyone, like, come follow me over on Afro Minimalist. Like, I'm just having one platform. And it's just going to be built around who I am. Like, I can't keep. I just can't go. It does not have to be perfect, right? Mm -hmm. It does not have to be perfect. Christine, thank you I so know. much. This was so much fun. I could talk, I honestly fun. could just talk to you forever. It this is like, like the best. <laughs> This is like the best, like, sort of meeting of the day for me. Like, uh, yeah, no, this is great. And thank you so much for having me.